Hello, friends. Uh, I spent the week refactoring the the ba backend core part of Livewire v3 because yet again we ran into an edge in our system and had that crossroads of like, do we just hack around it or do we rethink the system? And I spent the weekend tearing everything down and making it worse and then building it all back and making it better. And I'm on the other end and it feels so much better, so much better. And it's like along the way, I've been able to shore up so many things. You know, this is one of the, the coolest parts about programming for me is that you can detect badness in a system at the smallest scales. So it's like if you ever want to improve your system, you can start anywhere, basically. You can start anywhere in the system and you have an internal gauge of good or bad, basically. A sense. And that that's like, I love that word code smells, you know, because you're it's like just smells a little bad. And you can just like start, pick a, pick a file. The routes file, the web.php is a great place to start in a, in a program. And go through and basically stop when something's not great. Stop when something's not perfect. Put your finger on your screen, scroll down and stop when something's not perfect then make that thing perfect. And you know, the wild thing is, is that you're going to like big problems have small symptoms. So you put your finger on that routes file, you drag it down and you hit, Oh, I don't like that name. Oh, why don't I like that name? That's a core name in the system. It's used everywhere, but I don't like it because it doesn't describe the thing well enough. Or now there's two concepts and that concept doesn't fully account for those two concepts. Renaming a core part of the system is a massive undertaking. And that is true. And that's, I'm not saying that this is like easy. I'm just saying it's a cool thing that you could like, that big problems have small symptoms and small symptoms will lead you like to solving some of those big problems, you know? So I don't know. So that, that's what I did. Basically it was like, we ended it, we landed in some bad places. Um, or I should, well, yeah, yeah, I think we did. But I just took my finger and I do this from time to time with the V3 code base. I start at the service provider and I go line by line. And then I hit a line that I go, no, nope, this isn't perfect. Because now I'm in perfect mode. You know, when I'm programming or getting a feature out, I'm not always in perfect mode because you can't be. You can't stop and fix every part of the system when you create a new feature. You just can't. So it's important to take that time to, ideally, you just do it at the outset, but that's not reality. So going down the code base and going, oh, that's not perfect. Let's make that perfect. And seeing where that leads you and just taking the time to do that. Such a rewarding experience. There should be a name for this. I like the name uh, Nolling. It's uh, always be Nolling is um, a Van Neistat-ism. It's a, um, that dude that I talked about on here and his, his dude, um, uh, what's his freaking name? Tom Sachs. You know, his studio, He, him and Casey learned this in Tom Sack's studio that it's like, null everything all the time, always be nulling. And nulling is, is basically when, like you take a bunch of messy stuff and you don't like clean it up. You just arrange it all in like perfect shapes, you know? So it's like I'm looking at a, a table full of junk right now. If I nulled this table, I would take every, you know, there's a box on it that's that's not like perfectly, you know, oriented with the table. I would turn that box to be perfectly up and down. And then there's like a little box of candy. I would center that and turn it. And you know what I mean? And if I did that to the table, the table would look orderly. Even though it's the same mess, it just would look orderly and I'd feel better about it. 
So I don't even know why I launched into that little diatribe about knowing, but, uh, but yeah, that's like an important thing in programming. Oh, I wanted to describe like this phase of refactoring. It's like, this should be accounted for in any software project. It's like, take, maybe that's what 20% time should be. It's like, don't just do whatever you want. Null your projects, go through them and order it, make everything orderly. Even if you're not making everything like you're not cleaning the desk per se, you're at least nulling it. And then it's easier to clean. So yeah, always be nulling. So I'm doing this. I'm doing this nulling with the V3 refactor, with the V3 code base. And of course, I'm unearthing things that I've wanted to change since the beginning. And because I'm in the nulling spirit, I have the energy to change those things. Where I'm not in the fact, the feature building spirit, where I don't have the energy to dedicate to the, a giant like, you know, tangent like that. And, and I found some really good things and I spent the weekend doing that and I've landed in a better place and I have some thoughts and I'm already halfway through the 10 minutes. So this might be another long one, but these are the thoughts. These, this is the first mistake I've made with the V3 code base. We'll start with the biggest one and I'm actually not going to spend a ton of time on the biggest one because it's just huge and obvious and will always plague me. A premature abstraction. That's, you know, that's the, what's the quote? Like, the root of all evil is premature abstraction or something like that. And it is so true. And that is what I did. When I started the V3 rewrite, I'm going to release an episode after this. It's just a giant diatribe of the whole process of this rewrite so far that might give you a better sense of how poorly I managed it, I guess, or how how I made this mistake so fundamentally. I set out and made this mistake. Like that was It was by design. It was like, I want to create a system that's more general than the Liveware code base that can be used to do crazier things than Liveware can currently do. And naturally, that's going to result in a system that is overly abstracted. And you're going to feel the pain of that. And so that's what this weekend was, was walking back some of those pie-in-the-sky architecture decisions that are pure conceptually and in theory would result in a system that a developer would delight at hacking, basically, or expanding to do way crazier, more dangerous things, more powerful things. But I've walked a lot of them back. And it's hard to walk something like that back. That's a really important thing to do is to part with your good ideas. It's, it, it's painful to part with what you loved, things you loved. And, but the thing is, if you're a developer who loves clever things, who loves, who loves um, it's not that I love complexity. It's that I love thorough solutions maybe or elegant solutions i love consistency you know i love a solution that feels consistent and harmonious it's like oh i took these three separate problems and i have one solution that knocks all three of them down but that one solution is slightly more complicated than than an individual one of those three solutions you know and so it's natural like i i don't want to i really don't like derogatory programmer things like um new and shiny and uh, being clever, you know, things like that that I fall prey to. And of course, I'm offended by because I'm a snowflake, which is another one that I'm triggered by because I am a snowflake. But I'm triggered by those things because I feel like there's, it's, it's, there's more than just naivete at the, at the root of them. There is some good sense, but you have to, you have to um, balance them. So anyway, I have this, the, these pie in the sky too large of abstractions. The system is too general because I'm striving for something that is more consistent, more harmonious, and more robust than it needs to be. So it's resulted in something that's more indirect than I want it to be. 
and has caused pain in other ways and isn't as pragmatic to solve pragmatic problems. You know, when you create like a system that's extremely general and small and simple, but you need to do like very specific things, sometimes simple needs turn into big, lots of code things. You're put, you're kicking a can, you're always kicking a can. So if your core is really small and tight and pure and blah, 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 then you're kicking the can of those specific needs and complexity to everything else that needs them in the code base. Where it's like if you would add this one little bit of ugliness to the core, then the rest of the system could benefit from that and not be ugly, you know? So here's a big thing, a big realization for me. And I've expressed this before, but it's it's more clear to me now than ever, is the way that I'm building software now, and it might just be it might just be framework software. I'm sure this applies in a micro way to like mini frameworks you write in every application. You know, mini systems. Um, it might not apply to applications in general. I wish I could say that it did and it might. But what it does apply for this type of thing. Separating the whole code base conceptually into two things, the core and the features. You have a core, that's the beating heart of Livewire, the thing that knows what the Ajax payload schema is and knows what to do with that stuff and hydrates your component and renders your component and you know does the right things it needs to do and spits it back on the page but then there's features like being able to redirect from a component or lazy loading a component or i don't know there's a zillion features entangling properties like all of these things are features they are things that have been added along the way that's one symptom of a feature they're things that a user may want to remove or there are things that um, that that the tests you know would like be isolated to one area that a fix for them would be isolated to one area you know there's that you know a feature you know it you just know it a feature is something that'll show up on a jira card because because uh cust you know clients or customers or whatever i've been asking for it forever you know that's a feature but the core is this beating heart thing, you know? So I made the mistake of not um, just not treating the two differently and drawing the line between the two in the wrong place. So the area I, I, not, I didn't treat them differently, like I've talked about these values that I have as a programmer, the single file principle, that little thing that I, I say that's like, no, no, it's not the sing whatever the actual, I forget the actual principle is, the single something principle. My gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man, the single responsibility principle. Yeah, yeah, my single file principle is like keep a feature into a single file. But I've expanded that for V3. It's like kind of the single folder principle for me where every feature is in a folder. Uh, co-locating the unit test. I talked about that on here at some point when I realized that like, I want tests to be next to their feature. I want a feature, I want like something like, um, yeah, entangling a property in Livewire. Like I want that to be one folder. All the code concerned with that thing lives in one folder, including its tests. And I could delete that folder and the whole system would still work, except the entangle stuff. That's what I've been striving for because it makes it makes features feel maintainable. Like it makes messes feel contained. They're walled off. Everything that's gnarly about entanglement is in this one folder, you know? If there's a problem with it, here's where you go to fix it, that kind of thing. And I, I think those values are amazing, and I hold dear to them. They've helped me so much in programming, and my systems are so much better off by adhering to them, but they're not as useful for, 
for a core type system, for the core of a, of a system, because they necessarily are grouping things by feature. I've talked about this before. Grouping by feature or grouping by form. It's like the form of something or the, the part of the system it touches, or maybe a better way to say it that's, that's not as not having you to, not forcing you to map form and feature to concepts. It's like a feature, which we know we talked about, like entanglement. Spreading, not spreading a feature across, not smearing it across a system. You know, so like in your app, that's that's what you're doing. Like if you add a new feature, you kind of smear it across your app. You're like, start at the routes file and you like smear it into like the, you know, your controllers folder and then smear it into your models folder and smear it in your resources views folder and whatever. And I'm not saying that, that Laravel is wrong for grouping things by system, you know, but that I'm just describing that process where I've discovered with something like LiveWare's codebase, it is so much nicer to have things grouped by feature. But in the core, I was also grouping them in that way, which is forcing me to create more indirection, you know? Because if I have one file, like let's say something like um, really updating components, you know? Like I, I was separating the concepts. Of, well, here, here's one. Blade directives, you know? So the at liveware blade directive. I had in a file called render component that had all the code in charge of mounting a component in charge of um, rendering it and in charge of uh, registering the blade directive and keeping track of the currently rendered component because that was the mode I was in was in this group it by feature group it single file principle thing I was in that mode and this caused a non-harmonious system I started refactoring and freeing myself from that in the core part and now it's like Oh, it's actually better to just have a file called blade direct register blade directives where all the blade directives live, you know, and then one file that's in charge of both mounting and rendering and updating and hydrating and dehydrating all these things that have to interact with each other. You know, there's like age old refactoring principles to that. You can always hang your hat on that will kind of always be true. And one of them is like, if you have a, a class that's like always calling another class, like maybe those things need to be the same thing, you know? And then when you make them the same, maybe there's a bunch of things that don't feel right. And like maybe there's some core there of all the things that access that other object, you know, that were all, all the things that act that are, that were, you know, split between accessing this object and that object that are now contained, maybe that's a unit, you know, and then the things surrounding it are now a unit, you know? But that that's like a very refactoring thing. It's like, are you always calling another component? you might want to bring that those that code together, you know? Keep things, um, not keep things the same, not make more things the same, but like co-locate behavior, basically. And so I did that. But I broke the rules I had set out for myself in this, this code base. And I realized like, oh, there's a difference there that I need to acknowledge, that there's the core of a system that benefits from, from things being kind of like smeared across maybe, or just more literal. It benefits from just the simplicity of like keeping things next to each other. Um, like all the blade directives, you know, keep them all next to each other. Uh, all the routes, put that in one file that deals with the network, you know, instead of like all the endpoints dealing with a certain thing going in the file that deals with that thing. It's like make a file called, I have one now called handles requests and all the endpoints that live exposes are in there. And then they defer to other parts of the system, you know? So maybe it's like group by system utility or form or whatever you want to call it in the core. Maybe that's a value. Um, 
or maybe it's just like do what makes sense in the core to create something that is direct. And then in your features where you're grouping things by feature, that's where you group things by feature. Yeah. Duh. And that's where, um, you know, things are more indirect where you're exposing hook points in your core for those features to hook into. And yeah, it's like a hard thing to do, but I feel like it's finally working. I finally freaking have the right hooks and the right blah, blah, blah. Okay, so that was the first mistake I made, was not drawing that distinction between the core of a system and the features of a system and applying different mentalities to each. The second one was where I put that line. I was getting, and this is more of that like clever stuff, like I was getting clever with that, you know, reaching for that purity of, um, maybe the reason I hate that getting clever thing so much is that those derogatory terms feel like, like you should just know if something's clever or not. And then clever is always bad because sometimes clever is good. A, it's hard to know if something is being clever. It's easier to know if something's being clever. Maybe that's just easy, kind of easier to know, but it's hard to know if the clever thing is good or bad. That's what it is. Because if you're like a decent programmer who likes clever things, sometimes your clever things are clever and they're good. That's why I don't like it. Because some clever things are good, some clever things are bad. So you say like, oh, you're just being clever. It's like, well, you can't just say that as a bad thing. Like being clever is good sometimes. So this was a clever thing of mine. that, And this is actually one that the jury is still out on. I actually left it. But nesting components in Livewire, all the backend code related to that is in a single file that's a feature, which is like kind of weird. Like... It's a pretty core thing. You would think that that would be directly, literally in the core code base, you know, in the core pieces, that there would be those conditionals that say, like, if there's a parent component, do something different, you know, but it's not. It's a feature that I could delete and disable nesting components entirely in, in Liveware with a single, single file deleted, which is very cool. It's very clever. It's very pure. This is actually one that has has felt still felt right because I was writing up like my thoughts on this refactor and I hit this one and was like, oh yeah, this seems like, like judging by my, my recent enlightenments, I should, I should not leave that as a feature, but it actually feels kind of right and it's not harming anybody and I don't want like more stuff in the code, in the core. But yeah, there's other things that I just can't think of off the top of my head, but you know, like there's features that you know and then there's that blurry line. Like these are core things that I could write in a really abstracted, indirect way, but it might just be better off in the core. So those are the big mistakes. Coming clean. First one, premature abstraction. I totally started designing a system that was more general than it needed to be, where in reality, I should have designed a system that met the needs I had that I knew of and was like, was the simplest thing that I could write to meet those needs. Okay, one more quick diatribe on that. Well, first I'll do the overview, then we'll, we'll circle back to that. So that was my first mistake, premature abstraction. Second mistake, not separating the code base mentally into core and features and applying different principles to each of those modes of programming where I was applying a lot of my like, you know, group by feature at the cost of indirection with like hooks and and handlers and stuff. It's like, no, no, the core, keep that stuff, keep that stuff really literal and straightforward, code calling code, you know, maybe a method that's larger than you want it to be because it's just a big process, you know, that you want to happen one after the other in that place. And then the feature stuff, yeah, maybe those you can group by feature and hook into a million different places in one file and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Applying those things. So like knowing the difference between those two, treating them differently. And then my other mistake was not drawing the right line and keeping the right things in the core and keeping the other things in the features. I was getting clever, I would say, 
and putting things that should really be in the core into features where I really should kind of group it in like, is this a removable featurey thing? Or is this like a core part of liveware that if it didn't have liveware itself wouldn't work? Because then that should be the core, you know? Okay, so those are the mistakes I made, but let me circle back to that concept of like that premature abstraction mistake and how, you know, you should write the simplest code base to meet your needs. But you have things in your brain. You have ideas in your head of future, you have ideas of future things you want to be able to do with your code. Like in the case of Livewire, there's been tweets about this. I've been toying with this forever. This is what started Synthetic. That Synthetic's the my first attempt at the V3 rewrite, um, where it started and it still kind of is. It's like uh, single file um, Livewire components, but are like React you know, like you literally just declare or like a view script setup, like you just declare a variable, like a property, and then you declare a function. And then that's like right in the top of your blade file. And then you just have the view that can deal with those things. So it's like, okay, there's that there's anonymous components. There's like all these different forms of, there's all these different forms of live wire component. What if the code base was abstracted enough that the forms were also abstracted so that you could swap out the form? You know what I mean? So like you could have a a, um, a a handler for anonymous class components. You could have a handler for array components. You have a handler for those single file weird components. You could have these adapters, you know? It's like, okay, that is possible. Yes. Is that a good idea? Because I have been chasing that dragon. And it sounds hilarious saying it right now because you can imagine the amount of pain that you end up in when the entirety of the library code base can't rely on an actual object called component that is of type livewire component and has properties and methods, where instead I am relying on abstractions to access everything. And then that one abstraction that is dealing with livewire components as a class deal with that thing, right? That's overly abstracted. That's more general than it needs to be. That's a big mistake I actually made and have been walking back this weekend thoroughly. I've been walking it back for months, but I kind of shot it in the face this weekend. And so now we have um, a simpler code base, right? But you still have those things in your head of like, but I still want to be able to do that at some point. And here's where I take a tip from Taylor, just watching how he does things. He writes, I think, simple code bases and uses simple approaches. He definitely has a, there's a pragmatic element to his his programming that I admire because often I do not have the moxie to, I do not have the discipline to resist the more robust implementation. And this is a great example of that. And the, the thing that he does, so this is where, he, you know, it's like, oh, but then is, is Laravel just more constrained of a system? Can't do all those crazy things you want to do because Taylor chooses pragmatic approaches. No, Laravel does all sorts of crazy things, but his approach to crazy things is a combination of the 80-20 principle of just like, like, you know, we can do a mostly crazy thing and that's good enough. And then it's also like, him um, wrapping something or adapting something after the fact underneath to use that simple system to do something more complicated. So here's some examples of that. Real-time facades in Laravel, like that's a bonkers idea. It's totally bonkers. And like, I, it's not a, it's not a, the perfect example. Like maybe, maybe blade uh, or, or yeah, like returning a string, rendering a, a blade string. Like you can do that now. You can say like blade colon colon render, pass a string of blade. You're not, you don't have to point it to an exact file. You used to not be able to do that. And so if I was Taylor, I might be thinking, oh man, I wish Laravel's core, I wish the blade core didn't need 
for the blade to exist in a file to then compile to another file, I want it to accept a plain string. So I'm going to rework the core to accept two of these things. No, he left the core as it is and instead takes that string and compiles it to a, like a temporary, you know, actual blade view deep in your like storage folder that you don't care about. You never notice. But now the rest of the system is that simple system that deals with one thing. And he wrote a little adapter layer on top of that. Real-time facades, similar thing. And and Volt that he's, you know, working on. Um, yeah, sim- similar, similar style. Just sort of working with him on that a little bit and seeing how he does things. It's like where my brain is more like, I need the Livewire core to be able to deal with crazy remixes on Livewire components. That's V3 is going to be so blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, actually, because you can still accomplish some pretty cool things by just like, instead of having a crazy wily implementation that can actually literally deal with some weird Livewire component representation, what if you just compiled that weird representation to a more standard Livewire class component, you know? So actually pre-compiling things is a huge one. Like uh, adding, you know, the live wire tag to blade, not the live wire tag, the like blade component syntax where it's an actual like HTML tag now, like X hyphen and then your tag name. I might've thought, oh my gosh, well, blade component, the blade parser is just written for at symbols to account for an opening tag and then closing tags. Like, okay, you need, parsing HTML is insane. You need an HTML compiler to literally like compile your blade and then compile the HTML inside of that and look for these tags. And then, you know, it's like, we literally need something different than Blade. And other frameworks that like JSX, you know, that, that's that's like a, that's a very complex thing as opposed to like Blade, which is pretty much just like regex, you know? And so he took a pragmatic approach and added a pre-compiling step where he pre-compiles the Blade before the Blade is compiled. And the pre-compiler is just a, some regex. It's a wild piece of regex to find those those blade component tags, but but that's what it is. It's like a pre-compile step to look for those tags, to turn them into normal blade strings, like at something, and then the blade compiler does its thing. So he takes an existing simple system and he puts a layer on top of it. And of course there's trade-offs with that. There's a performance trade-off because you added a new layer. There's 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 other trade-offs. There's like sometimes where you don't have the hooks you need to adapt something. Um but man, it's worked pretty well for him. It results in him being able to continually do crazy cool things that don't warrant an entire rethinking of an entire code base. So I am trying to learn more from him in that way. And this is me doing that. It's like walking things back, making something simple. Because yeah, you can always write a compiler. You can always write an adapter. You can always do that kind of stuff. I thought this was going to be a 10 minute episode. I'm sorry. Sorry that you enjoyed this so much that you kept listening to 26 minutes. That's that. I got a lot to say because uh, I'm doing a lot of programming and refactoring. Programming, man. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Let's see.